0: Hello, St. Matthew family. My name is Father Ted Sill, and you're listening to our podcast, St. Matthew Moments, where we connect through Catholic conversations. The Holy Spirit has something for us today, so take a deep breath, clear your mind, and come connect with us. Hello, (laughs) and welcome to today's St. Matthew Moment conversations on Catholic life. I'm Julie Ratliff and today I'm joined Michelle Doherty and Jen Cabe, our RCIA coordinator. Jen, why don't you share a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, thank you. I'm really um, excited, a little nervous, but excited to, to be here a little bit about myself. So as Julie said, I am the RCIA coordinator here at St. Matthew's. I've been in this position for, gosh, I think it's five years now. It, sometimes it feels a lot longer and sometimes it feels a lot shorter. I've kind of been in and around RCIA for a lot longer than that, volunteering as a presenter, being on the team at a couple of other different parishes My husband and I have been parishioners here since, I want to say it was like 2012, maybe 2013. My husband Andy plays in the bell choir, so shout out to anybody who likes to play bells and might want to join the bell choir. I have three children, Jessica, Daniel, and Sarah. Jessica's 25, Daniel is 22, and Sarah just turned 20, so we're moving into that phase of life where we have only adult children, which is, which is new for us. Any prayers for us that anybody wants to throw out, as we have adult children, <laughs> those are much appreciated. But I love being a parishioner here at St. Matt's. I love my, my job. Well, thank you. And thanks for joining us today. So the first way we usually start our podcast,
0: talking about a Catholic moment we've had since the last time we were together. So Michelle, what is your Catholic moment?
2: My Catholic moment for this week is this past Friday, which is a week before today that we're recording so a week ago (laughs) uh, it was really awkward we had a staff holy hour which was amazing it was the first time that we've done that as a staff and we've really as a staff been talking about making more um, planned intentional times to pray together to pray for the parish and for our lives and our jobs and our families and all of that so it's just really great to um, have that time before the eucharist to pray together as a staff it was an awesome break in the day
0: Jen, how about you?
1: My Catholic moment this week was on October 7th, which was a Wednesday when I went out to participate in the 40 Days for Life campaign. It was an absolutely gorgeous day outside, and we stood in front of Planned Parenthood and very peacefully, quietly prayed. I was really excited that the the whole day was covered as we witnessed to this this beautiful teaching of our Catholic Church of being 100 percent. Pro life and seeing the the sanctity of life and the beauty of life that we're all made in the image and likeness of God. So it was a wonderful thing to be able to to stand with other parishioners, other fellow Catholics. And actually, interestingly enough, we had somebody just join us on the street. Um, she saw us praying the rosary. She she spoke Spanish, um, and it was very difficult to communicate. But she just came up. She showed us her rosary and, in her broken English, asked if she could join us. Mm, she was not a member. That of our parish. She was a member of Christ the King, but she wanted to come and join us. So um, it's an important thing to do. It's a beautiful thing to do. And, and I, I loved being a part of that. Yeah, that's a great that's good story. stuff.
0: So my Catholic moment, I had a couple of times, recently became an extraordinary Eucharistic minister of Holy Communion. I'm helping out at the weekday masses at 830 when we have the upper hall students there. So I've had the privilege and honor of distributing communion to some of the middle school students. And that is just so overwhelming to be filling that role, having that responsibility of offering Jesus to others, which is amazing, which sort of in a way, I guess, can transition to our topic today, which is the saints. They are people who are in heaven now, we believe and know, who can bring us closer to Jesus in our daily lives. And so we thought um, with All Saints Day coming up in just a few weeks, that it would be a great time for us to sort of contemplate the communion of saints and the roles that the saints maybe play in our lives. I thought we'd start by talking about like if anybody has a particular connection to a saint or has a patron saint or what it was like when they chose their confirmation saint. Anybody have a good story about that? I'll start. I mean, I've been telling Julie
2: and Jen, as we've been talking about this, that I don't have a good story, actually. So I will just ramble (laughs) on for a little bit. (laughs) Maybe you read a couple weeks ago in the email newsletter, I wrote about St. Michael um, and my affinity with St. Michael, who is my name saint. And if you haven't read the email newsletter, by the way, (laughs) check your junk mail folder and open the email and, you know, but... (laughs) So my first name is Michelle. And when I was a kid, we would celebrate the Feast of St. Michael because I went to St. Michael's school in a Chicago suburb. And it was always made a big deal that that was my patron saint. But I never really connected with St. Michael as my patron saint and didn't really choose him or really anybody as a patron saint, I suppose, growing up. It was something we sort of talked about a lot at Catholic school, but I never felt a friendship or a relationship or anything like that with a patron saint. But as I got older, I started really recognizing that evil is real and that there is evil in the world. And so this idea of a saint actively fighting against evil on our behalf became really attractive to me. And so I started just appealing to St. Michael and and saying prayer to St. Michael whenever I felt like I was really being under attack spiritually or even just, you know, intrusive thoughts of anxiety that wouldn't leave or my kids were scared or anything like that. This idea of spiritual warfare sounds so dramatic, but (laughs) um, it's really been comforting to me the older I've gotten. So that's kind of who I associate with as my patron saint now, not just because of my name, but because I really do feel that connection with him now.
1: How about you, Jen? I chose St. Veronica and kind of an interesting thing. I'm not sure how many people realize that we we actually don't know her name. She's called St. Veronica because it's a combination of two words, Vera Icon, which means true image. So we actually don't know what her name was, but St. Veronica was the woman who wiped the face of Jesus on the way to the crucifixion. And she was given this great gift of when she took the veil away that she had wiped his face with, there was an imprint of the face of Jesus on the veil. And that's where we get her name, Vera Icon, True Image. But I, I was so touched by her story. This wonderful woman, imagine the courage that it took for her to step out of the crowd. Um, If you go back to, you know, imagining the scene of the crucifixion and, you know, here's Jesus walking down the way and there are Roman soldiers all over the place. And here's this woman who just steps out of the crowd and wipes his face. And I thought, how courageous was that for her to do that? But also just what an incredible gesture of love. This idea that, you know, she can't stop his suffering. She can't stop the crucifixion. She can't fix his situation. She can't make things right. But she can offer whatever love she can to say, you know, I'm here with you. And I kind of thought to myself... You know we we have so many wonderful like amazing saints, and we have some of the really famous ones who've done really great things. I mean, if you think kind of great big things, you're the, the John Paul II, the Joan of Arc, you know th- those kinds of things. The Mother Teresa's who are famous all over the world for these incredible things that they've done. I really didn't feel like that was my destiny. I I didn't think that that was where my life was headed, you know, to go on and do these, these great and fantastic things. But I wanted my life to be full of those small things. Just to say, here's a person in front of me who is suffering or who is in need in some way, and I will do what I can to take your hand or to offer whatever gesture of love I can, whether it's a card or a phone call or um, you know, taking somebody a meal when they need it, you know things like that, just to to show love in small ways, so that 's why I chose Saint Veronica um, I
0: love what you were saying about Saint Veronica and how you connected with her story, and I think that 's one of the things that is so powerful about the saints and has been for me in my life. I can remember growing up in my family, where my mom would read us the lives of the saints, and there were times when I thought I was a little bit scared of them. Because you know, St. Padre Pio is an amazing guy and he's, there's a lot of supernatural in his life and that was kind of scary to me as a child. But then, you know, there's also St. Therese, the little flower who I had a great um, attraction to and then as I grew older, read more about and understood some of the dates of her life and I remember she entered the convent on April 9th, which is my birthday. Obviously, it was 100 years before my actual birth, but like I just felt like there was this little connection because she entered the convent, which was sort of her heart's desire on the day that I was born. And when my youngest child was born, 16 weeks early, she was somebody that I called upon and started a novena for. That you new know, novena went on for like 90 days while she was in the hospital. I can remember just finding great comfort thinking that she was interceding on my behalf for Catherine that she was one more voice that was praying for her that was really close to to the Lord (laughs) yeah I like
2: the way you talked about just having one more voice praying because that's really what it is like we, we don't think it's weird to ask a friend to pray for us you know something's going on and a friend will say gosh my life is just so hard right now or this is happening or that is happening will you pray for me? Or somebody will say, well, I'll say a prayer for you. And most of us Catholics seems totally normal. But when sometimes we think about asking a saint to pray for us, it's like, well, it just seems weird. Like, well, why are you asking somebody? You know, it doesn't seem the same, but it really is. You know, if we believe in the communion of saints, if we believe that we are united as one body of Christ, asking somebody who is in heaven to pray for you is just, why not? Like that person has been perfected and is with God and we should totally be asking them to pray for us.
0: And I like the idea that like, there's somebody that's in heaven that maybe has struggled with the same thing that we're struggling with right now, or, you know, Gemma had had lots of headaches. And so people who have headaches often ask for the intercession of St. Gemma, like knowing that, St. Gemma not only is in heaven, but actually knows the human experience of what it is to be struggling with, you know, headaches or St. Jerome and how he struggled with anger. Like if you're having anger issues or whatever, like to ask him for intercession, like seems the perfect, you know, thing to do because he knows in reality what the struggle is.
1: When I'm talking with RCIA and they're they're having to choose a patron saint for confirmation, just trying to remind them that, you know, This connection that you have with them for confirmation, it doesn't exclude having a relationship with other or devotion to other saints at other points in your life as you come to to different life experiences. You know, I told my story about Saint Veronica, but as I as I grew older and you know, another great patron saint of people with headaches is Saint Monica. So as I experienced that in my adult life and was suffering with very severe headaches for a long time, I had a devotion to Saint Monica and asked for her intercession. A lot also with her as a wife and mother, praying to uh, asking for St. Monica's intercession. Also, through a few tragic experiences in my extended family, a devotion to St. Jude. So, I think, you know, it, it really is just trying to find a connection. You know, we, we do this in our, our everyday life. If there's something that's troubling us or something that we need, we seek out somebody who may have an understanding. Um, another mother who may be going through the same thing with a particular child, somebody who works in a similar profession who can understand your struggles. We do this in our our normal lives. And so it it makes sense to do this with the saints in heaven. So we can have different um, connections with different saints for different reasons at different points. That's part of the beauty of the Catholic Church is that there are so many of them. There's, There's somebody for every time and every situation and every struggle that you have somebody has gone before you who has had the same, same experience.
0: We're aware of there, There's no jealousy between the saints. Like if you sort of like go from one saint to another for whatever, like, I don't think St. Therese is up there going, well, why'd you stop asking me for my intercession? You know, if you're asking for St. Monica, <laughs> you know, that there's, a, we're, they all want the same thing, which is for us to be with them in heaven some someday. And so that's like, you know, they're there to love the Lord and, help you know pray for us to be with them one day as part of the communion of saints too
2: yeah i think it's tempting um to think of the saints like we think of the ancient gods that they since we th- talk about saints having patronage or being a patron of certain thing it's easy to think of them as like the ancient gods having the god of this and the god of that and how they have conflicts out of, up in mount olympus and that's what causes human conflict and it's but they're not for starters the saints are not God (laughs) so there's that huge difference but also besides that it's like we have friends most of us have more than one friend I would hope Um, and not all of our friends are the same and you wouldn't necessarily go to the same friend to talk about the same thing that's going on in life so I think this idea of you have to have one patron saint and you stick with it and that's your patron saint for life and there's no changing I'm not sure that's how it works like they're times in our lives when we are more drawn to one saint than another and and that's okay they all have this mode or this motive of bringing us closer to god um Mm -hmm. and they're all going to want us to do that however it happens
0: yeah a couple years ago on our saint matthew advent calendar we um had suggested that families choose a patron for their family a patron saint from their family and um so that was something my family did and which was really fun i mean Sort of gave the kids an opportunity to look at different saints that they might feel a connection to and explore their life. And then, as a family, we chose Saint Teresa of Avila, who I had already sort of had an affinity for because number one, she, her early childhood and uh, teen years were kind of problematic. Not that mine were necessarily, but um, and then she entered the convent, not necessarily because she felt like it she had a real strong call to it but because she recognized it was a better place for her spiritually at the same time she recognizes that she didn't really start having this like intentional deep prayer life with the lord until after she was 40 and as I got closer to 40, I think I was reading around the time that I was 40 years old. I can remember thinking, oh, thank goodness, there was a saint that didn't start out, Blessed Pierre Giorgio, with this like intentionality about him and this love for the Eucharist and evangelization. Like I could start at 40 or somewhere around there and still be a great saint, which kind of brings me to the this new saint that we're hearing a little bit about in the news these days. Blessed Pierre. Carlos Acutis. I think his beatification is actually going to be um, October 10th, which is tomorrow's date from when we're recording. What has anybody heard about him?
2: I've heard. Well, he was young. He died of leukemia when he was a teenager, right? And um, had a great Mm -hmm. love for the Eucharist, and you know, talked it up with his friends and tried to get others to have that great love. But he also liked video games and. I think I remember reading that he played a lot of PlayStation and you know created websites to bring people closer to Jesus and so is considered one of the patrons of the internet which is great. He his body has been exhumed for veneration and he's wearing a tracksuit. <laughs> just like <laughs> I've never seen a saint in a tracksuit before but okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean it's just I love it. This this idea that there are saints that we have seen and touched and known. And, you know, I went to a general audience in Rome with Pope John Paul II a little bit before he died. And, you know, to say, Oh, I was there and I saw him and now he's a saint is just kind of mind blowing because I still think of saints as being like really
0: old. (laughs) Now we have like photos of them. I think it is a great source of hope for all of us now. One other aspect we might talk about is, um, as we're talking about this intercessory prayer, which is a really good thing, sometimes there's some superstitions or sort of out there practices that happen with regards to the saints. I'm not sure what we might want to say about that.
1: Well, the, the saints cannot do anything on their own power. They are there. When, when we say that we're praying to them, and I'm kind of putting that in air quotes, we're, we're, we're praying to the saints. But what we're really doing is asking for their intercession. All power comes from God. Our prayers are answered through God. The saints are not actually doing anything for us on their own power. Let's start with that, um, which is why we we can talk about that our devotion to the saints is not taking away from our relationship with God, because they're praying on our behalf. We're not choosing the saints over God. Um, but the, the second thing is, you know, it, it, it's not a relationship of Um, like a vending machine where you, you do something correctly and you're going to get a result. So if you say this prayer on this day, this many times you say it exactly as it's written, then whatever you have prayed for, the saint is going to give you. It doesn't work that way. We can ask them for a specific outcome. You know, if there's a situation in your life, you know, like I said, you know, with my prayers to St. Jude on behalf of, asking for St. Jude's intercession for a couple of particular tragic events in my family. Of course, I I was asking for um, miracles to to happen in healing some very, very serious injuries. But we're also asking for them to pray for us, to have the, the strength and the courage and the grace to deal with whatever our situation might be. So we don't want to get into a superstitious kind of attitude of we're going to do this and they're going to do this. And we have to do things in a specific ritualistic way. And there's a, a prescribed outcome for that. That's not how we look at the saints. Anybody want to kind of clarify what I just said? I feel like I was talking in circles.
2: No, you got it. I mean, I think good. the basic idea is that the saints are praying for us and God is answering our prayers. The saints are not answering our prayers. The saints are praying for us and asking God to help us in the way that we need to be helped. Sometimes, you know, you talk about prescribed outcomes. I think it can be a crisis of faith for people if they, you know, cross all the T's and dot all the I's and it doesn't happen the way it's supposed to. But that's missing the whole point that God is the one answering our prayers and has this giant plan that we
0: can't see in this little minute that we're praying for. He wants the best for his children. And so we just need to trust in whatever happens that he is at work and he has our best interest in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess my big takeaways would be uh, the saints are in heaven. (laughs) Obviously they're great stories. They're humans who they live the human experience and are now in heaven with, with the Lord and and interceding on our behalf for us. There's lots of times in our life when we can maybe call on different saints for different reasons that they actually desire, every saint desires the same thing, which is for us to be in heaven. And I guess I, I would welcome everybody, if you haven't chosen a patron saint yet today, why not today, you know, start researching some saints and find one that you connect with. And so you have sort of have that that extra ear, extra person in heaven who's really close to the Lord and
1: can pray on your behalf choose a patron saint for your family. Maybe if you're a business owner, choose it for your business. Maybe, you know, we, we have one for our church. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe whatever it is, your little group, maybe you have a prayer group that you, you meet with, choose a patron saint for your prayer group. I'm going to go home and talk to my husband about that and see if we can choose a family <laughs> for our family. I think that's a really wonderful, wonderful thing to do. So thank you I for that it. idea.
0: I love it. So um, our final segment today is our St. Matthew shout out. So who wants to go first? Don't everybody go at once. <laughs> <laughs> I can go. I can go.
2: I mentioned last week when it was my first time on the podcast that I work in the office as the office of ministry coordinator. And so my shout out is going to be my two assistants, Hillary and Peggy who are the people, if you come into the office, they're the ones that you'll see sitting at the front desks. And they do a lot to keep things running, Deaf that people don't even see. Like if the bulletin exists, it's because Hillary's doing it. And if, if you've scheduled the mass intention, you've to talked to Peggy. And you know if we remember to buy printer toner or whatever, so we can print things, it's because one of them remembered to order it. Or So I, I just want to shout out the support that they are really giving to all of the parish staff to keep all of our work going. It's kind of amazing.
0: My shout out is to another staff member. It's our pastor, uh, Father Sill just am always grateful for the way that he serves our parish and our staff. He, Michelle mentioned um, at the beginning of the podcast, the holy hour that we had just the way he provides for us the things that we need that holy hour. And then also Father Peter was leading us, as a presider at the Holy Outer, Father Still came in and took up the role as sort of altar server, helping in that role. So there's no task too big or too small for him. And I just really appreciate that um, witness of ministry,
1: the way that he does that. Give a shout out to my RCIA team. Um, Not surprising there. They're the ones that I'm closest to. And I have to say, they've just been absolutely amazing. And that's, you know, Susan Ironman, Mary Lager, and Carol Schull. And they have just been absolutely phenomenal about going with the flow, you know, all the way from last spring when we had everything shut down right before the Easter vigil. And then we had to start RCIA on Zoom. I mean, there have been so many twists and turns and challenges, and they have risen to the occasion. They are my prayer warriors for RCIA, and I think without their prayers, we would not be as successful as we are in meeting the challenges of ministering to RCIA under these difficult circumstances. I think that their prayers are extremely valuable. But also, um, particular shout out to Carol Scholl for just being such an amazing evangelist. Um, just I, I heard a story of her going up to a couple of people at 830 Mass who just looked a little bit lost and reaching out to them about our CIA. So uh, shout out to my team. I love you guys. And I, I I consider them my friends too, as well as my team members. So
0: great job. Well, thanks ladies. I appreciate you joining me today. And um, that's today's St. Matthew moment. Take care. (laughs)